You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to this week's Garibaldi Red as we look back on a 2-0 win for Nottingham Forest over Bristol City, which takes them to ninth in the Championship, three points off the playoffs with 13 games to go. So we're going to talk about that and a fair few other bits in the company, first of all, of Reds legend Gary Bertels. Hello, Gary, you okay? Yeah, good afternoon. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good. And our second guest today is uh, Reds fan and Forza Garibaldi co-founder Greg Mitchell. You well, Greg? Yeah, yeah, good as ever. Thank you. Good, 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 good. Right, uh, Greg, we'll come to you first because you were at the... Well, were you at the game on Saturday? Don't tell me you weren't at the game on Saturday. Yeah. You were, yeah. good. <laughs> Disastrous start averted. Um, what did you make of it overall? It was good. It was, it was one of those far too easy games, wasn't it? Where you just kind of breezed through it and everything seemed to go to plan and there wasn't really anything that went wrong. There was a point where I thought, God, we're not going to score here. It's going to be one of those frustrating games. But as soon as we did, we never looked in danger. Solid at the back, steady midfield and, you know, got the goals. It was just a, God, if we play like that every game and get those kind of performances, we're going somewhere, aren't we? Before we started recording, Gary, we were saying... It might not be a memorable game, but it was one they needed to win. They don't want that gap to open up, do you, on the top six? No, I think the problem at the moment is other teams just keep winning at the moment. You know, they're scoring late goals and, uh, you know, you're just pulling your hair out. Well, I haven't got much left to pull out, but, you know, you keep doing that because you think, oh, the results are going for us. And all of a sudden, two or three results suddenly change around. And, yeah, it's but you can't affect other people's games. That's the thing, you know, Steve will be telling his players. You know, you've got to go out there and win your matches. And if they go and win their matches and, and are better than us, uh, they'll get into the playoffs and we won't. It's simple as that. Um, but nerves come into play uh, this time of the season. Other teams will be dropping points because they're playing against each other. But I still fancy us to get in the playoffs. Um, I think, I don't know how long Lewis Graben's got uh, before he comes back. But, um, you know, a fresh Lewis Graben could be a, you know, a major boost for the squad uh, if he if he does come back um, because against Preston had he been on the pitch when Jed Spence did it all his magic we would have won that game 1-0 late on when we didn't deserve to win the game you know that that's the difference of you know strikers and the instinct of strikers and things like that so important we keep everybody fit and important we you know get him back were you nervous before the game Greg and was the what was the kind of mood like in the pub beforehand because I was pretty worried they couldn't afford to lose the game so was that was that sense in the crowd as well Bristol City they're not a very good team are they we're used to them being quite high up there and very similar to, well similar to us in the last few years I suppose um but no <laughs> I think because the last two games we didn't get the results we wanted but we still picked up the you know a couple of points um, I was going in there confident, like we had something to prove, and there, there wasn't really any worries our side. We were all just looking forward to the game to get down there, and I think it was just exactly how we all expected it to go, which is nice. Uh, it's weird to be down there and not feel nervous, and it it really did feel like that kind of game that it'll be forgotten about in a couple of weeks. But it was a solid three points. Well, you, you mentioned about, you know, we had all the possession everything. You didn't think we were going to score. I was listening to Soccer Saturday, the Manchester United-Watford game. Man United must have had about 24, 25 shots. And it, they, they could not score to save their lives. You know, was, they were getting blocked on the line. They are in their own players and everything. And that ended up nil-nil. At least ours didn't end up nil-nil. We went on and, uh, yeah, there's the belief. Mm. Yeah, I always say, you know, six, seven months ago before Steve came in, that might not have been the case. 
you know, we might not have scored. It might have been one of those games where it just petered out, and uh, but it wasn't. And you know, like Steve said, I like I like what he said in both games after the Preston game. He said, you know, that wasn't good enough from us. Um, you know, we we're grateful for a point. I think they were the better side. And on Saturday, he said, you know, it could have been five or six. You know, Tom to go out, be positive second half, and uh, I think their goalkeeper was man of the match, wasn't he? <clears throat> Oh, he must have been. City's keeper. Apparently, he was a different class than some of the saves he made. But, you know, the encouragement is clearly there. The confidence is clearly there. And, uh, you know, if you keep those three at the back fit, I think that's very important. The three centre-halves, it's uh, paramount because they're very difficult to break down. You know, two clean sheets in the last two games. And when you're playing against teams like Sheffield United and your Bournemouth, you know, you need that stability at the back, I think, uh, so you can build on because clearly going forward if if things are all right at the back we can hurt anybody you know with the pace we have and Davis just seems to be getting better and better um, so it's it's all looking rather rosy for me If we look at team selection at the moment there's quite a few players who are nailed on but it seems like there's four players vying for three places in Yates, Garner, Colback and Zinkenagel I guess Gary you're going to tell me that's a good problem to have isn't it because anyone who misses out He's pretty unlucky there, do you think? Oh, it's a, it's a fantastic problem for Steve to have. And and they're all, you know, in reasonable form. Zinkenagel looks like the one who's, you know, maybe at the back of the pecking order at the moment. But you know he can come at any time and create something out of nothing. You know, he's one of those sort of players. Um, you know, Garner seems to be getting his confidence back. And um, we all know when he is on form, you know, what a good player he is. The other two, Colback and Yates, I mean, crikey, if those two seem to be a fixture now, don't they? And I think in in the big games against the Bournemouth away and against the Sheffield United's away, that might be the combination that, you know, helps us get something out of those two games. Um, you know, with the pace we've got going forward as well, but they can protect. And sometimes you, you have to look at the opposition and say, right, OK, they do this well, they do that well. What have we got to combat them? And... Uh, Colback and Yates certainly come into the category of, uh, you know, they can spoil things. Ryan Yates is in talks over a new contract and obviously Brennan Johnson is as well. What what did you make of it, Greg, when Yates was left out? And is there is it a bit, you know, who's the unlucky one there, do you think, if you had one game, uh, let's say a playoff final, who's the unlucky one who's missing out for you? Uh, yeah, Yates would be the unlucky one if he was to miss out. I mean, you look back to this time last year, I can't remember, I don't think we were allowed in the grounds, were we? But not many people were a fan of Yates. And now when he's not in the team sheet, you go, guys, injured. How come he's not playing? And and you see, I do think we, we do miss him. Um, when he came on, the crowd's singing his name for a good five minutes. And he's a fan favourite and he definitely deserves a new contract. I think it's massively different to the Johnson situation because... He's obviously got so much interest, but Ryan Yates deserves a, a good contract from us and he's proved it this year. He's solid. He's one of those players that, you know, if one of the back three do get injured, he can drop straight into it and he's a really decent player to have and, he, and he's one of those that's helping us get where we are going this season. Because he's released the shackles off, you know, every player at that club and, you know, they're expressing themselves and, you know, that that's, as a, an ex-player, that's all you can ask for from your manager. Those sort of words, go out and express yourself. Go out and, you know, show us what you can do. Like Brian Cluffy, he, he wasn't bothered what we couldn't do. He was only, only bothered what we could do. 
And and that going out on a football pitch for 90 minutes as a player gives you so much confidence and such a lift when you think, right, OK, well, my right foot's not as good as my left foot. So, you know, he's only bothered, you know, in the good things I can do. He's not bothered about the, my weaknesses or anything like that. And I think, you know, the players have taken all that on board. And, you know, Ryan Yates, it's, it's amazing how great a player you come when you you become when you're not in the team. You know, it's, it's always been the, the old adage, hasn't it? And... I think now even more so. It's like Lewis Graben at the moment. You, you could do with him either coming off the bench or whatever. Um, you know, he got a bit of criticism at, at some point. But I think overall, um, what we're seeing there, still, I, I can't believe what the turnaround's been like. I mean, I think we some play, some fans may be taking it a little bit for granted, but when you look back, how bleak it was and how good it is now. It's just like night and day. The difference is just staggeringly good. And, you know, we've, I think for the first time, you know, maybe not since Lamushi when we should have got in the playoffs and didn't, you know, that was a massive disappointment. But I think we look a lot better under Steve Cooper than we did under Lamushi. I mentioned Brennan Johnson. Should he have had a penalty, Greg, or not? Yes. You, you When you see it back, yes. Uh, the second one this week that we should have had and didn't get, in my opinion, uh, the one at Preston, we were right on that line and we should have got it, but didn't go our way. And arguably, we've lost two points out of these last two games because of it. Um, but yeah, it, we never seem to get the rub with the with the referees at the minute, and it is frustrating. Um, going back to the Yates and Zink and. Garner and Colback thing as well. The defence, there's that much confidence in our defence at the minute. We've got one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. The midfield had the freedom to do a little bit more. And I thought Zinkenagel was superb on Saturday. I went down the pub, started singing his praises and I got lambasted by one one guy saying how useless he was and this, that, the other. So I think, yeah, we don't realise how good we've got it at the minute, Gary, like you said earlier. And you know, we'll do well to remember that sometimes. After the Preston game behind us, there was a couple of boos and I thought, what are we doing here? It was just crazy. So, you know, we've, we've got rid of our little bit of poor form by only drawing a couple of games and had a good result again now. And I think uh, we'll go on Friday and get another decent result, get another win. Has Brennan Johnson got a reputation for diving that's becoming a problem, Gary, whether it's right or wrong? Right, Greg, you answer that. I'm going to boot Gary out. He has got a reputation for diving, but I'd say his reputation because he's how good and how quick he is. Defenders just can't keep up with him. So they are tapping him. And like on Saturday, there was a, there was contact. He went down because there was contact there. But, you know, the refs do do their research, don't they? And it's unfair on, on Brennan that that's the case. But we'll have a few more of them this season. Um, but he's just such a good quality player, isn't he? So, so good. Double figures now. I think we've got to be in the Premier League to have any chance of having him next season. That's just being realistic, isn't it? Uh, I loved what John, his dad, was saying last week, but he's just too good to be in the Championship next season. He really is. Mm, yeah, six goals out of eight games now, isn't it? Mm. I mean, do Forrest, can Forrest get, if, get in the playoffs if anything happens to him or if his form dips. Yeah, but yeah, well, absolutely. It's like we lost Graben and that was a question back then. Can we get in the playoffs without Graben? And, you know, Davis is such a quality, strong player. The way he holds it up and the way he gets around players and his energy. So we don't want to lose a single player. We obviously don't. But if we do lose a player from that squad, 
there's always somebody else there now. You know, look at Horford, look the the goalkeeper, two clean sheets already now. I know his distribution isn't as good as Samba's, but his shots stopping and you know, that maybe that's just a bit of rust in his part. If he gets another clean sheet on Friday, then Cooper's got another fantastic headache to have, hasn't he? Mm, mm, true. I'll put a couple of comments up about uh, Brennan. Greg says, uh, refs aren't giving Brennan anything. I think they've got him down as a diver, yeah. which I think mm. is probably true. I think they have, unfortunately. This is an interesting one from Richard. Johnson, much more dangerous out wide, not as a front pairing with Davis. I do think that that kind of link up between Zink and Eagle. I think Johnson's a better player when Zink and Eagle's on the pitch, probably. Is that mm. fair? Yeah, yeah. And I think, like I say, I thought Zink played brilliant on Saturday. Um, and <laughs> Brennan can be quiet for for like half the game and then suddenly there's that bit of brilliance, a bit like Spence against Preston. You know, it was a frustrating game and no one was really doing anything. Then suddenly the game's gone, everyone's settled for a draw and Spence does this ridiculous run down the right wing and almost got us a goal, so... You know, these quality players, they do, don't they? They can watch the game for so long and then suddenly say, this is my couple of minutes to change the game. And we've got three or four of them now. Mm, True. Right, Gary's back. Hello, Gary. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Ethan Horvath has kept two clean sheets in the last two games. I mean, if he keeps another one and plays well, is it a tough decision for the manager or is Brees Sambas still number one? Still number one for me. I think he's had great protection. Um to be fair, uh, with probably three of the best centre-halves in the championship. Taking nothing away from him, he's still going to make the saves. He's still really in the right place. But I just think, you know, Samba is the best goalkeeper. Samba's the best goalkeeper, but he's also proven that there's, you know, there's an issue there, isn't there? That can you trust him in those in those back massive playoff games? Is he going to make the same mistake again? It, he did something at Derby and then he got sent off and... Hopefully now, you know, they've managed to sit down with him and said, you can't keep acting like you are doing because he is a superb goalie. I've said it before, I think he's the best goalkeeper we've had since Mark Crosley. But there's that bit inside him that you just think, oh God, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? Like he needs to learn when to just, you know, keep stum and remember about the team and not just his frustration. So, yeah, I mean... What I was saying whilst you were off, Gary, is if um, Horfarth does keep another clean sheet on Friday, then maybe there's a uh, a decision to be made. But of course, you know, Bryce is the number one at the minute. But it, I think Horfarth would be a number one in any other championship team at the minute, or most of them. Give us a quick, we'll come on to the other games. What was your quick verdict on Preston, actually? We haven't really touched on that. Because you Frustrating. Were there. I think mm. they uh, they like blocked out the midfield, you know. They they made sure the Spence and Johnson duo was looked after, and they did it well. Uh, Chad Evans was a pain, and I was so glad when he went off because I thought he was going to end up scoring. It was a good point. You can't just say, "Oh, it's Preston, we should beat them." It was Preston in you know playing one of their better games in a few weeks by the sounds of it, listening to their fans. So, you know, in the end, you've just got to say we caught them on a very, very good day. We weren't like we normally are, like organs blazing. And we walked away with something, and that's the main thing. And it was only a good result because we won on Saturday. Mm. So I don't think we'll have many away performance, you know, that flat. But Preston certainly did a job on us. 
but we got a point and that was the main thing. It's probably the first game where I've questioned Cooper's tactics because they didn't seem to, um, we didn't make any changes for ages and it all, I just felt like um, they were going to score in the end. So I guess you can say Cooper got it right because they ground out a point, but when you were in the stands, was there a bit of unrest about the lack of subs? Yeah, I mean, I was frustrated that we didn't make any subs and I was walking out and a mate who we uh, travelled up with he said basically, yeah, but the options were like Mighton and uh, was it Lolly uh, to make a difference, and they might have got a little bit bullied by Preston because they were, you know, tough lads in their midfield. So I think that's probably what Cooper was looking at, wasn't he? Like, are we just shoring up this point, or are they going to like get us if we do bring the subs on? So he made one, didn't he? But sometimes you just got to take the result for what it is and move on. And luckily we did and we got the good result on Saturday. Let's uh, look ahead to upcoming games. There's the Sheffield United one on Friday now. I suppose every game's a massive game now, isn't it? But this is one against the other teams around you that are vying for that playoff place. And they've been a, another resurgent team. If Forrest can win this one, it's a big step forward, isn't it? If if Forest win this one, it'll be the result of the season so far because they are in the same position as us, hoping to get into them playoffs, secure that. Uh, and you just look at like Saturday's game, if we hadn't have won, where we'd have been in the table now. And I feel like we get a result on Friday and that is just going to change everything for us and really make everyone take note and make us realise how good we are. Because we're certainly the form team away from home. Uh, there's no reason we can't go there and get a result. And I think we'll go there and try and get all three, but just because of where they are in the league. Well, it, it, he says it every game anyway, doesn't he? They, they, they go for the three points every game, which what you want to hear. But I really do believe we can get them on Friday. What kind of team are you going for then? Because we've just discussed this, you know, the four into three kind of scenario. It feels to me like one where you might want that extra midfield solidity, but then they went for that at Preston and... They couldn't really get out, and maybe it is better to play Zinconagel. It's another dilemma, isn't it, for the manager? Lowe can't play, can he? Lowe so Colbert's going to properly play yeah. left wing back. Yeah, so you definitely play Garner. And again, like you say, decisions made for you, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, with Lowe not being able to play, I think he's played excellent. Well, he's played excellent ever since we've had him, but just because of all the, you know, the attention on the Spence and Johnson side, Lowe just does, goes about his business quietly, doesn't he? But luckily, Colback again, one of those utility players that can step in when needed and it sorts out the midfield issue as well. So it might be a little bit like the grabbing injury. It's not always a disaster because we have to play a little bit different and we start getting results in other ways. Are you worried about Colback getting a suspension? I am. Yeah, he loves the yellow card. Always. Oh, my God. If I, was a, if I was a betting man, there'd be a yellow card on Colback every game. <laughs> But it's the yeah. same yellow card. It's always him jumping on someone's back or pulling yeah. someone's Yeah, well, he gets angry, doesn't he? If he doesn't, if the ref doesn't give him a decision, you see him start chasing people. You think, oh, no. A lot of people, or a few people are saying, you know, Forrest rejects, well, Burke isn't there, but Robinson, Sharp, Ben Osborne. Do you worry that Gold, yeah. worry that they might might have a, a be a factor in the game or not? Not as much as I used to. Like, we, we always used to go, oh, God, here comes this player and, He'll score against us, one of the old teams, but no, not as much anymore. I think just saying their names now, thinking I wouldn't want any of them in our team rather than what we've got now. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm 
happy, let them play. And then right after that, on the horizon, there's only a two-day gap, and then they've got Huddersfield in the FA Cup. Mm. How do they go about that game? Because you can't play a weakened team. You're in an FA Cup quarter-final. It's quarter-final, isn't it? But you, no, no. It's fifth round. Fifth round. Fifth, fifth yeah. round. FA Cup fifth round, sorry. But with a quarter-final up for grabs, you can't really play a weakened team, can you? No, not at all. And we've got to win that game for many reasons. We can, you know, we've come too far now. You don't do what you do against Arsenal and Leicester and then say, oh, let's play a weakened team. And I don't believe we have a weakened team out there anyway, because there's someone for every position. But uh, Samba will be back, I think, won't he? Mm. That'll be the end of his three games. And, you know, there's so many different reasons why I want to beat them. But And I know we're going to touch upon this in a bit, but you know, we beat Huddersfield, we'll already know who we've got in the next round and it's either going to be a winnable game or a, a monster of a tie that we're all going to get excited about, which always helps the momentum. Um, and then the other thing is we win and the silly Fulham 8pm game gets moved to a, another silly time, but at least uh, they don't get the way with that one. So, yeah. Hopefully it'll be a sellout as well. I guess it's one of those games where maybe Sam Sorridge gets some minutes at the start. Davis keeps getting taken off and he's not played a lot of football. So there probably will have to be a bit of rotation, won't there? Um, just looking at the kind of the attitude to the game. I think when it was drawn, a lot of fans kind of thought, Forrest are definitely going to win that. And, and this is the look, problem. <laughs> you look at Huddersfield, they're above Forrest in the table. They're on like yeah. a 16-game unbeaten run. They've obviously got a manager who knows what he's doing. I mean, the fact Forrester at home helps, but it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the fact we're at home is massive, especially because the, the way we've played the two FA Cup games, we'll play it exactly the same. And how many times over how many years have we gone to, you know, playoff games, massive cup games where you go, but we'll win this one. And it always goes wrong. So I do feel like it's going to be different under Cooper and he's going to treat Huddersfield exactly like he treated Arsenal, Leicester. And uh, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, two games from Wembley then. So which game would you rather win? Don't say both. You can only oh, win one game. On. Which one would you rather win? Uh, beat Sheffield United, draw against Huddersfield and then do them in injury time. <laughs> That's winning both. <laughs> That's just a sly way of winning both. I yeah. I mean, I've You've got to beat them. Sheffield, no matter how much the dream of the... Uh, You've got to beat Sheffield United, haven't you? You've got well, to. That's, that's the I one we've got to win. You can still get in the playoffs if you don't beat Sheffield United. If you don't beat Huddersfield, you're out of the cup. But then you're not going to win the cup ultimately, are you? So well. the, 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 the realist says beat Sheffield United and then bow out to Huddersfield. And maybe, uh, in fact, someone said to me, is the FA Cup becoming a distraction? I don't think no. it is, actually. No. Those Arsenal and Leicester games, what they did for the atmosphere around the ground. I, I believe like those two games have helped many of the other league games sell out recently as well. Yeah, you, know, you keep winning games, and then it doesn't matter how many you play in. Fulham ticket price you mentioned there. Obviously, you Forza Garibaldi aren't the trust and anything like mm. that, and don't they're not the voice of the fans. But you are a group that fans take an interest in their opinion. Thirty-five quid is a lot of money for a ticket. I know it's London. I know Fulham. You've got to pay about one point five million, or be a Russian oligarch, buy a two-bed terrace by Craven Cottage. Mm. But thirty-five quid's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a disgrace. And what annoys me more than anything is you can go to Arsenal away for twenty-six pound in the Premier League, 
Like, why aren't the EFL doing anything for the fans on this? It, it, not only is it an 8pm kickoff, it's got a very good chance of moving to midweek. You know, London's expensive enough. We may be able to get a train back after the game if the, you know, British Transport Police or whoever help if we beg. And it shouldn't come to this. But I don't know what we're supposed to do because you don't go to the games and then you you miss out on what you love and you enjoy doing. You do go and you're just saying it's OK. So it, it's a tough one. And it, I know we're certainly not voice of fans, but the official bodies of, you know, like the trust and Fulham's trust, if they even care, they probably don't. Um, people involved in the EFO, they really need to start looking at it because it's getting ridiculous, especially when you look at what Premier League, you know, fans are playing uh, for away games. And that had been decided for years. Uh, no doubt, nothing will come of this. You know, mm. Fulham's next game, they'll do exactly the same. And then we'll go to a certain ground and it'll be exactly the same. But fans are getting sick and tired of it. You only have to see it online. The amount of games we get changed now for TV and this, that, the other, without any consideration for fans the Bournemouth thing was you know the icing on the cake for the absolute mick take of the lot of it um and this is just another bit of salt in the wound for going to follow your team and doing what you love I just feel like clubs are taking advantage of fans because they know they're going to go anyway so I don't Mm. know what the answer is other than either saying well we're not going to bother going anymore to these ridiculous games or, you know, protesting in the stands or something has to be done. You're a European football hipster. What are you paying for Dortmund and the not Salzburg team that isn't Red Bull or whoever you go and watch? <laughs> Dortmund's about, I think it's it's under 20 euros to sit in the mm-hmm. South Stand. Uh, their season ticket prices are like ridiculously low, but it's just different. You know, they've got, 51% ownership by the fans and that would never happen in England the model's just not there so we can't ever expect to to you know pay what they do what what I will say is I think Forest season ticket prices are superb again some of the best in the league uh, especially for the quality we're watching this season I think that works out at under 20 pounds a game so we can't moan as well I'm sure we can but we shouldn't really moan as Forest fans compared to other teams but it annoys me more than anything when we go on the road in the numbers we do and we're taking advantage of like we are, whether it be, you know, TV or the money. So, yeah, you go and watch teams in Europe and you see how how great they've got it. But it's only because fans stood up and said something, you know, in Germany, they started Monday night games straight away. The fan says, we're not having this just to, you know, fund the TV costs and the sponsors. And they put a stop to it where... In the UK, you know, I think we just happily go and enjoy business and that's fine, but it's two different football cultures, so you can't really compare them. Last topic I wanted to touch on this week in what's slightly shortened episode because of Gary's uh, situation is the actual playoff race, if Forrest are going to make it and the state of it. If we look at the championship table, or I look at the championship table on my phone, there's, a little, there's obviously a gap at the top two because Bournemouth have got so many games in hand Huddersfield, we've also been discussing, got 59 points, so they've got a bit of a cushion. And then you've got Blackburn in fourth, QPR in fifth, who are wobbling, Luton on the charge on 54, and they hold the sixth place. So Forest are three points behind them, 13 games to go. And then you go down to Coventry on 51 with Forest, and there's a little gap. And West Brom are down in 13th, 
suddenly on 46 points with no games in hand. What's your kind of assessment of the state of the race at the moment? We're in a very good position. We are. We, we're winning games, which is the main thing. And we've come from, from so far behind the others. You'd think if we continue the way we are, we're going to hopefully comfortably get in that playoff race. West Brom, their drop is just incredible. You know, they didn't have a new manager bounce at all. So amazingly, they're out of it, which is a good thing. I don't want Bournemouth to drop out of the top two because I don't fancy playing them uh, in the playoffs. I think we'd probably take Luton's spot if uh, looking at that, or QPRs, like you say. Uh, I can't see Luton holding it up there. They've, they've been on a good run, but I think fifth and sixth will be up for grabs. I see Luton say they've got the third lowest budget in the league, so they mm. must have been punching above their weight. Yeah, QPR are falling. Sheffield United aren't going badly. I suppose the thing about Forrest, I know David Johnson was saying last week uh, he'd rather be in the chasing pack than in the top six. I don't know. I kind of disagree with that. I think I might rather have points on the board because what yeah. Forrest can't afford now is a bad run because the bad run was the start of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Points on the board's everything. You know, you've got to keep winning and winning on Friday, like I say, will mean everything. And would that put us in the top six for Saturday? Uh, let me have a look at the goal difference. 12, 9, yes. Yeah, yeah it would. I mean, that's, so, yeah, a nice psychological boost, isn't it, if it does mm, happen? Yeah. So I'm giving you 50p are you, are, and you're putting the money on for us to get in the playoffs or just miss out. What, what are you saying? Uh, win the playoffs. I'll go, for this, <laughs> go for the better odds. <laughs> Excellent. 51 points. You probably need 23 points, roughly, from 13 games, which gets you 74 points, gets you in the playoffs. 71 might get you in the playoffs, which sounds very possible. I just think they might miss out. There's so many teams up there. So if I'm right and they do miss out, I mean, is that a disaster or not? (laughs) I don't think we will miss out, but no way. Not with how we started. Mm. You know, Hewton just didn't do it at all. We've been over it so many times, but... The run we've been on so far, uh, if it wasn't to happen this year, I believe that it isn't going to change anything in the way that how our club's running at the minute. They'll continue to do what Dave Murphy and Steve Cooper have been doing with the recruitment. Uh, obviously, we're going to lose some of the low knees and maybe lose some of our, a couple of our, you know, our own players. But I think if we didn't make it. This season, next season will be uh, one to remember. In years gone by, if we said, realistically, six of the starting 11, if you say the five Lonies and Brennan Johnson and potentially Joe Worrell are going to go, if they don't go up, that would be a cause for panic and alarm, wouldn't it? But as the fact that things are done differently behind the scenes now, giving you cause for you know hope that what no matter what happens, things are, are looking brighter. Yeah, because... They're signing players where you go, God, what's, why do we need him? And then suddenly these players are playing really, really well, which isn't something that usually happens at Forest. So I'd imagine we'll get some players in in the summer and we'll go, who's that? And we're all on Wikipedia and they'll be the same as, you know, like Davis has been doing so far and Surridge, the bits we've been seeing of him. So I, I have full confidence, whatever league we're in next season, that the summer transfer window will be a, a really good one again. Who was your man of the match on Saturday, by the way? Uh, Spence, yeah. I mm. thought Spence was superb. I thought, like I said, I thought Zinc played well, but walked into the pub after the game and said that out loud. And one lad had a right pop at me. But yeah, I thought 
they all played well, but Spence just stands out. And I can't believe we haven't mentioned him, but McKenna. McKenna's just superb. I love watching him. And again, it makes that midfield so much stronger, not having to worry about what's going on behind him. So, yeah, Spence deservedly got it. Uh, Davis was playing well again when he does his, and they all played well. What about Garner and his resurgence? Mm. I mean, he's back to his best now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And it, he's another one in the summer where you think, is there a chance we could sign him? I know he wants to play for Man United, obviously, but you can't imagine he'd be ready for a Man U team next season. So do we get him on loan again for another season? Because he clearly, like, he. he he does so well playing for us and he's getting better as it as the weeks go on, go on. So I'd love to see him with us next season again. Yeah, if they go up, I could see him with Forrest next season. Yeah, yeah you'd think he'd need up. the step up. Yeah, mm. I could see him playing on loan at Forrest again next season, definitely. Mm. Uh, last question, uh, frivolous question. Who's your player of the year so far then? I get, because he's in my head, I'd give it McKenna. Uh, but I think it has to be Spence or Johnson. So I mm. think I'd say... I don't like giving it a loan either, so it has to be Johnson, because if it's the last season we have him, we want to make sure he was a player of the year. So, yeah, I'd go with him. It's pretty mad, isn't it, that, you know, Johnson's got six goals in eight games and he's probably worth 25 million quid or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and he's not the first name that you necessarily yeah. think of for player mm-hmm. of the season. Shows how times have changed. Right, uh, any other business? I normally let Gary moan about uh, anything in the world. And there's plenty to moan about in the world, certainly. Uh, <laughs> any, other, any other business from you this week before we finish? No, no, just uh, just enjoying it, really. It was good to get all the flags out again on Saturday, and that's going to be something that we're ramping up now for pretty much every game for the rest of the season. So, And not just in Lower Bridgeford either. Oh, one thing, I enjoyed uh, how they switched ends this game. <laughs> I don't what? know whether that was Bristol there, City. So what, what yeah, happened? yeah, we we attacked the uh, Trent end in the first half, and it was nice that they were coming towards us in the uh, second half. So, so who won the coin toss then? Well, they must have, unless it was like a Cooper genius thing. Because for the first ten minutes of the second half, their keeper had the sun right in his eyes. I <laughs> 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 don't know whether he thinks that deep. That- <laughs> That's a proper problem, yeah. I hope, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope Forrest think that deep. That sun coming in, if you're in the Brian Clough and the sun's coming in, it's a bloody nightmare. Right, yeah. uh, an interesting note to end on. Okay, so <laughs> thanks to everyone who listened or watched along. Sorry we only had Gary for 12 minutes and eight of those probably had no signal, but uh, <laughs> that's the modern era of doing these things from home. So I hope everyone still enjoyed that. And if you did, give us a good rating and subscribe on YouTube, iPhone, iPhone, iTunes or any other platform. Greg, thanks very much as ever. No, good to be on again. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.